Hello and welcome to another episode of FPL Amateurs Wells podcast. I think we're up to episode 43. How are you this week, Dammer? Yeah, yeah, really good, man. Really good. I um, uh, watched a good game in uh, uh, West Ham and Tottenham. Obviously, the one all draw, but uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty solid week of um, football uh, or midweek. Well, we we didn't play last week, did we? So it's sort of been a bit of uh, a, it's been a while since uh, we potted in terms of uh, FPL. No, definitely a sort of. I know that quick turnaround, we didn't get the, the pot in before game week five, but, you know, I think that um, there wasn't really too much to talk about anyway because there wasn't that much of a turnaround. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, speaking of your boys, West Ham, I thought they actually deserved the win this morning. So yeah, I, um, I, was, I won't come on here and give you shit because <laughs> they actually um, they played pretty good, just were a bit unlucky. Yeah, no, no, no. look, uh, the, the signs are positive. So I know, we'll, you know, we'll talk about the game a bit, bit later. But uh, now it's, it's actually good to uh, to see them actually firing up, and Paqueta actually looks um, a talent. So, and you, uh, you got your boy in uh, Anthony as well. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's officially official now. Mm. I sort of, I always want to wait till. Um, you see them in Manchester, and I saw a video today. He was at the training training ground of the the Man United kid on. So um, yeah, no, yeah, nice, nice. Made it uh, officially official. So <laughs> um, we might get into how weeks are going so far. So I still have um, one play to go in Sancho. So I'm hoping for like a you know a hat trick tomorrow. You know, hope isn't too much to ask for. Um, but I'm sitting on 58 points. Um, I decided the other week to wildcard and go KDB just because from the eye test, you know, he was probably the most involved in that sort of city attack. And I uh, yeah, got punished dearly because I got out Harlan and Harlan, you know, proved that he only needs 16 touches a game to score 17 points. So it was uh, quite disappointing. Uh, I did have the captain on Salah. So, you know, lucky he got that second assist, which boosted him up to about 20 points as captain. And Ken Sello, you know, I mentioned on our last pod that we did that I think, you know, Cancelo is the type of player that can easily go double digits just with a goal or an assist or even just bonus and a clean. So it was good to see him uh, get off the mark with a nice little score. And I had Martinelli as well, who, who got a decent score as well. But, yeah, still on a 400,000 red arrow. So <laughs> went uh, down to 5 million, which I guess isn't too bad just because I didn't have Harlan and I didn't have Captain Harlan. So... You know, probably uh, could have been a lot worse. Um, how did you go, Demo? Yeah, so I actually wildcarded this week uh, for this game for this game week here, this midweek game week. So I didn't have a long time to um, full turnaround. It's only a couple of couple of days, but uh, yeah. So I'll sort of read through my team. I uh, grabbed you know, Sanchez, uh, James. Oh, I still had James. I was three other teams, sort of thing, and just go from there. So it's just Sanchez, James, TAA, Perisic. Um, uh, Gross, uh, Salah, Martinelli, Diaz, Mitrovic, uh, Jesus and Haaland. Uh, and then I've got, you know, some bench fodder on the bench, uh, whoever got on the bench, uh, Fofana, Ward, um, and Nico Williams and Andreas. So, uh, I, <laughs> I don't necessarily regret wild carding, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I legitimately, uh, as soon as, oh, two game weeks ago, as soon as Haaland got his um, 
three goals. And so obviously not this game week, the game week beforehand, got his three goals. And I'm like, yeah, stuff this. <laughs> I need Haaland <laughs> in my side now. This is before Kane had actually played. And yep. um, Twitter around with it. I think I got to about a minus eight. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't be doing this. So <laughs> press the wild card um, button. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll toy around for a bit. So I only ended up bringing in, I think, four or five plays different to my original squad. But um, it obviously it's a, it was a, a win. So um, I'm sitting on 77 points. Uh, had James... Had James have played and scored zero, I actually would have scored 78 because Nico Williams ended up scoring a minus one. But, uh, yeah, 334 points in total, uh, and I'm ranked 698K. So uh, green arrow from last week. Uh, and, yeah, king of the pot at the moment. So I'm about... <laughs> I'm legit- legitimately about, what, uh, $4.5 million in front of you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's a it's a decent uh, start to the season for you, mate. I think this year you've seen it, like even though you are six hundred thousand, you're not that far off sort of the nah, top one hundred k either. So, and and even if I, I think I was looking uh, in my mini league, uh, the guy that's leading it's only about eighty points in front of me, and I think he's sitting top two hundred thousand. So, yeah, I well, it's um, there's ten million plays already. Like it's unreal. Uh, we've just ticked over 10 million players, I think, today. So, you know, being in that sort of top million at the moment is probably fairly decent. Like um, I'm, or what am I, 334, the top person in our, in our like, uh, fantasy amateurs boss league, I think it's on 382 and they're sitting 3.6K. So, you know, 50 points either way, which at the moment isn't a huge amount of points to um, to try and overcome. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly close to the top. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, I mean, obviously there's probably te- people with multiple teams, but I like to think that it's 10 million separate managers. That makes me um, feel better that I'm coming in the top 50%. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Um, we might get into uh, the podcast team. So uh, I forgot to make any trades this week or put up any um, posts about uh, what stuff we're going to do. So I just uh, sort of rolled the transfer and left it as it is. So I finished the week on 66 points. Um, obviously, the big performers were Harlan. Um, didn't have the captaincy on him. Had it on Salah still, so didn't really... Um, Changed that and had Cancelo, who was really good, but then obviously had Nico Williams with the minus one and at Perisic with the one. So, you know, not the greatest of weeks, but um, still above the average for, you know, the, the fantasy amateurs team. So not a bad week and, yeah, obviously still scored more than myself. So <laughs> it's uh, if it's beating me, it must be going good. So um, and we have a look at the rank as well. So sitting at the moment 2.3 million, so smashing me as well so it's just been a, a all-around a disappointing week for myself but we will discuss um between myself and uh you after the pot and we'll come up with some decisions for um transfers this week and some options and then we'll put them up on twitter and you can vote and tell us what you'd like to see the team do so we might um get into the game so we'll start with crystal palace and brentford um this game it was sort of See, I thought Crystal Palace dominated good parts of the game, but then Brentford 
uh, come back and had an, a nice little part in the game as well. But I sort of thought Eze and Zaha looked really good again. Zaha scoring an absolute worldie of a goal. Um, Eze probably unlucky not to get a goal and assist. You know, he was pretty attacking, getting into good areas, but just didn't um, get close enough for a goal. But, you know, he has looked really good the last three weeks. Um, looking at Brentford, Ryan goals, the past two weeks has looked really good. Um, I think I mentioned at the start of the season and just recently that, you know, at 4.5, he has good upside to get those save points and bonus. And even when they do concede, you know, getting the three points is usually good. But the last two weeks, he's racked up nine points but hasn't got a clean sheet in either. So I think he's showing that, you know, at that 4.5, he's, he's great value and offers you a decent floor. And um, Tony, I thought he was probably a little bit unlucky. I uh, got two chances, created two big chances, and I'm pretty sure he come close to a goal as well. I think he might have got ruled offside. But, yeah, I thought people that do have Tony definitely still stick with Tony. I think, you know, he definitely can score a goal or two this week. But outside of that, I think both sides had their parts in the game. But for me, Crystal Palace probably looked a bit more impressive. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so I thought um, I'd be a bit different and speak about uh, maybe some that didn't necessarily get um, huge returns but sort of uh, looked, uh, played well and potentially some sort of out of the box. So uh, Decore, I think, played played uh, fairly well. So basically the three uh, Palace players that I uh, sort of keep an eye on, uh, Decore, Elise as well, he was really lively on the right wing. Um, from the early moments through to the final whistle, he's you know uh, a pretty young, uh, you know, a pretty young Palace talent. He uh, sort of came out of the blocks last season as well. So uh, you know, I mean, like probably not on the level of you know Azaha uh, at the moment, but uh, definitely sort of getting up there. I can see him uh, doing quite well. Um, and Anderson sort of down back, you know, he looks a steady force. He 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 looks like he's set for sort of a long stay there. Uh, in terms of Brentford, um, uh, I really liked uh, Hickey's game. Aaron Hickey, he's uh, he's a Bologna import. Um, he's looking fit. He's looking um, uh, really lively for um, for them. And uh, who've got the other one written down? Ah, and um, obviously Janelle. So Janelle, uh, he had a really good day. Uh, I'm just going to look up Janelle's stats at the moment because I didn't write them down. So bear with me a moment because uh, I believe that he's actually had some return. Yeah, so um, didn't really do much in the first three, but um, returns of, of six and eight in the last uh, two games. You know, he's 5.5. He's relatively, he's in that sort of relatively cheap um, sort of M4, I'd say, because I'd say most of us have sort of Andreas as your um, M5. So, and uh, Hickey, uh, he's a defender. He's, he's 5.0, so he's a little bit more on the expensive side. Only gotten the one sort of return at the moment, but he, he looked decent. So I know, I thought I'd sort of, uh, I, know, I knew you were sort of going to talk about Ezzy and, and Zaha and Tony and obviously Raya, which are the, sort of the, the main ones for that side, but uh, for those two sides. But, uh, but yeah, it's good to sort of have some some differences um, or point of differences anyway. So, But uh, out of those sort of lot, um, if I was to pick, you know, one from each team, I'd definitely be sort of Elise and, and Janelle. Yeah, as you mentioned, um, definitely some good options on both sides. I sort of thought that, 
Eze and Zaha, both good options at different price points depending on how your team's set up. And then, yeah, Tony, Raya, like even one of their defensive assets, um, definitely a good shout. We might get on to our next game, which is Fulham and Brighton. Um, this game was a game, sort of an end-to-end game, but didn't really offer a lot of standout moments. But I sort of thought Mitrovic was probably the standout from Fulham. I thought he looked really good, um, had the goal, got the three shots, two chances created. So he looked really creative in attack. And obviously Andreas Pereira got uh, the assist and, you know, he did uh, put in some good crosses that almost turned into goals. So he has that upside as sort of a basement cheapie that, you know, probably isn't going to offer massive hauls, but definitely um, can jag and assist every now and again. So it gives you that five or six points, especially like this week, people who had James and had uh, Pereira first uh, bench option, you know, were rewarded with a nice little five-point um, player to come on. So I think um, those are probably the two options I'll be looking at uh, from Fulham at the moment and then touching on Brighton. For Brighton, didn't play too bad, but they didn't probably didn't have one player that stood out. I thought that, Solly March looked all right. He had a couple of decent chances, but, um, yeah, probably wasn't uh, their usual dominating performance that likes a gross and um, uh, who's uh, um, the their winger um, that's playing fullback? Yeah, he's playing wingback for some reason. Ah, and then I think enough. this game moved up front as well. So, he looked all right, but, yeah, there probably wasn't um, Brighton's best performance, probably good defensive performance, but probably not their best overall performance. Um, what did you take out of the match, Dan? Yeah, so um, for, for mine, like, obviously, you've, you've mentioned Mitrovic, but um, just to sort of touch on him, I think he's uh, going to become oh, – if anyone is wild carding between now and sort of game week, uh, uh, what what not we call game week six next uh, this week? So you know between now and probably game week nine, um, everyone's going to have to look at Mitrovic as their sort of third, uh, like third striker option. He's he's just lethal and, and he can score against anyone. Like he's he's shown that he can not only score against uh, you know weaker opponents, but he he can. He can score against the big boys as well. So, um, as you sort of mentioned as well, Pereira, I do want to touch on, again, it's another one sort of out of the box. Um, he's currently in, I think, 0.1% team. So he's not in a lot of teams. But, again, another one of that sort of 55 uh, price mark, and that's, uh, and I don't know how to say his first name, Niskins, Niskins Cabano. Uh, he got an attacking return this game. I think it was his, his first game that he played 90 minutes. Um, got an assist uh, as well. Uh, and, yeah, so, uh, again, he's another one that so I've, I've sort of looked at and go, uh, and went, or I'll throw him into the, you know, differentials pile sort of thing. So if you um, like playing that differentials game, he's definitely one to um, look for. And uh, Fulham have looked really good. Like, they've, they've, they've looked um, pretty decent. So, like, even the, the likes of Andreas Pereira actually playing him in um, decent fixtures because uh, I think he's picked up what uh, – an eight-pointer, a six-pointer as well, if I'm mistaken. I'll just yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think he's got three returns possibly this year, I think. Uh, I think I know two returns and a, and a clean sheet. So I'll clean oh, sheet. Yeah. Nah, but yeah, so, um, you know, he's, he's picked up returns of, of an eight and a, and a six in the last three weeks. So for, um, 
you know, for a player that we've basically ha- or basically have as bench fodder, he's um he can be decent. So uh, in terms of Fulham, I, I, I wouldn't panic. Um, it was always going to be a, uh, like Fulham at home is always going to be t- it, it is going to be it's not always, but is going to be a tough um, fixture if if your uh, team name isn't Liverpool or Man City. I think so. Um, not many teams are going to go there and dominate. So uh, I don't think we're this panic stations in terms of Brighton. Um, if you've got Brighton assets, they've still got a really good run of fixtures coming up. Uh, you know, Leicester haven't really shown the quality they have in recent times. So I think Leicester's a, a good fixture. Bournemouth, Palace, all good fixtures coming up. And then, obviously, they hit their a rocky patch of Liverpool and Tottenham. So at least for the next three, I wouldn't be necessarily moving on any uh, any assets from Brighton. So, because they've proven to be, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the third best defensive team. Um, uh, probably, it's probably not the third best defensive team after this week, but um, yeah, so like I wouldn't necessarily be moving off, off them at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, just a, a hold for that. And, you know, Mitrovic has proved that depending on it doesn't matter what the fixture is, he can still score goals, which, mm. you know, that's what you want from a strike. You don't want sort of a fixture-dependent strike. You just want one that if he's on the pitch, there's a good chance, you know, he's going to score a goal. Well, we might get into our next game, which is Southampton and Chelsea. I, um, I thought actually Chelsea dominated the game early. But then, obviously, in the second half, it, it got turned right around and Southampton were pretty dominant in that second half. Sort of thought Sterling looks like he's found um, some form at Chelsea. I think it, now he's kind of used to how they're going to play. So he looked really good. He was sort of rotating out wide and then up front. So he was getting a lot of ball early and, you know, came close to scoring a few goals. He ended up getting a goal in the end, but, yeah, could have had two or three goals this game. I sort of thought Mount probably looked a lot better this game, but still obviously didn't get a massive return. I think he got credited an assist. So, you know, he looked looked a lot better, but definitely for people like myself who had him for so long, you definitely aren't getting rewarded for the faith. He's, you know, five points really isn't, um, isn't what I call a, a reward for holding for so long. Um, just touch on Southampton. I thought they looked a lot better defensively, and that probably comes down to uh, Bella Kotchap at the back there, you know, he looked really good, uh, a really good signing, but I just wasn't sure how Southampton's defense is going to be because they looked quite uh, woeful during the preseason. But they look like they're starting to click together now and a lot harder to break down. And they showed in that second half that Chelsea were trying to throw, you know, multiple attacking raids at them and they sort of dealt with it pretty good. And I thought uh, Kotchat was at the center of that. So, you know, probably I might have to reassess how I look at Southampton now when I'm looking at, you know, targeting players that play Southampton. I think it's more of a just maybe wait to see what the sample size is like of their defense, whether it is improved or whether it was just a one-off, you know, backs against the wall performance. But, you know, at the moment, I'm probably not considering any assets from Southampton just yet, but definitely uh, on the watch list at the moment. There's a couple of good players that sort of piquing my interest. But, yeah, outside Chelsea, I think Reese James is out sick. But the reports are that he should be playing this weekend. Uh, Chilwell was on the bench. Um, so it's interesting to know whether it's, they're just trying to get his fitness back or whether Cucurella has that spot down till he does something significant to lose it and they just might play Chilwell in the Champions League. So definitely a few interesting points there. But outside of the names I've mentioned, I'm not really sort of looking at anyone else. What about you, Damo? 
Yeah, so I'll touch on Southampton first because it's only the one player I've sort of looked at. Uh, and that was, uh, I think it's Lavia. Um, yeah. It was really lively. Obviously, um, I think it ended up picking up an injury and got subbed off. But he was really, really lively. There was a lot of talk about him on, on Twitter over the week. And I had to look him up because I'm like, who the hell is this? Like, why are people even talking about him? Because he hadn't gotten any sort of returns um, before that. Uh, I think it's 4.5, so it's relatively cheap. Uh, I think the talk uh, about him was mainly because people try to either load their defence or their, or obviously trying to get Mitrovic um, up forward. So um, he did. He actually did look pretty lively in, uh, until he sort of sucked down for, with injury. And um, believe he picked up a could be wrong. I believe he did pick up an attacking return in this game. So we got six points. So I think he. Did, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah, he scored, uh, sorry, he scored a goal. <laughs> so it came off in the 59th minute, so a bit unlucky to come off um, injured in the 59th minute, but, uh, yeah, scored a goal. So, um, and obviously Southampton got the result as, as well. So that, um, unfortunate for Chelsea. Um, their their defence is a bit of six, uh, their, their defence is a bit sixes and sevens at the moment, Chelsea. So um, I think it's a good thing they've sort of brought in for Fana. Um, because I think he'll shore up their defence. Uh, I think at 4.4, he's going to be um, a pretty decent asset. Uh, I would hazard to say a lot of people are going to move on him fairly shortly, especially if he starts um, games. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, in terms of uh, Chelsea as well, with James, he's a hold. Um, he, you know, he's probably going to blank again this week because he's playing West Ham. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, um, he, it was illness, so it wasn't necessarily. Uh, it, um, did, I think there were talks it was COVID related. I, I you know, I mean, I, I can't confirm that, or because I don't know, not in the know. But I wish I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so it's just uh, he was just marked down as illness. So I would have to save you back in the side. Um, and they've got a fairly good run uh, coming up, Chelsea, uh, other than the West Ham game. Um, in terms of, uh, as you sort of mentioned, Sterling. Sterling's looks good. I think he's had a price rise. I think he's 10.0 now. Um, he seems to have taken over that sort of talisman spot at Chelsea. So, you know, like when we've sort of in past seasons, no, especially last season, we sort of looked to mount as that main midfield person at Chelsea. I think it's now Sterling. Uh, he's he's looked really good. It'd, it'd be an interesting conversation um, to have in terms of, you know, Mount uh, or Sterling sort of thing. I know Mount's a little bit cheaper, so um, that's, you know, that's what, what Mount has um, uh, going for him. But, um, yeah, if you can fit... Uh, if you can fit Sterling into your sides, like, um, you know, potentially moving once uh, Liverpool's, you know, good features sort of end, moving Diaz sort of up to Sterling or something like that, um, I can see a world where we have, you know, two or three Chelsea assets in terms of, you know, Sterling, James, potentially Fafana as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I know they, you know, didn't get the result uh this week but uh i think chelsea is still good they'll they'll be fine 
No, definitely. And I think this Fofana transfer also pushes uh, James back to the wing and that's uh, where he does his best work. So definitely um, I'm hoping that that's the case and we're going to see Reese James back on the wing back position because I think that's where Chelsea, you know, have gone wrong. You know, Loftus-Cheek does not offer the same as sort of Reese James does and, you know, I think if you do have Reese James, definitely a a hold. I think there was rumours that he was possibly going to price drop, but... Hopefully, um, even even if he price drops, it, uh, like in all honesty, even if he pri- James price drops, I don't think it makes a difference um, because you're not necessarily gonna you know eat the price drop and go. I'm gonna jump him now. Uh, if you're eating the price drop, you're keeping him uh, for the short term anyway. And I think uh, as soon as uh, as soon as he's back on the wagon and and scoring points again, he's gonna rise in price anyway. So yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about that. No, definitely. Well, we might get on to our next game, which was Leeds and Everton. And, you know, just looking at uh, our run sheet here, mate, it's just an interesting point I'll bring up. A few weeks ago on the pod, we were talking about a certain (laughs) player from uh, Leeds United and uh, you asked me, who is he? And I said, trust me, in a few weeks you're Mm. going to know who he is. And, you know, got off the mark of his first goal of the season, a nice little uh, goal from outside the box. And it looks like he um, has... uh, Dan James's spot on the wing there. So, mm. and I, he can play more centrally as well. So, obviously, with the injury of Rodrigo, there's a chance that uh, Sinistera could start some games in the middle of the park as well. So, but I think depending on what uh, happens at Bamford, it might be interesting to see what they do. But uh, just might touch on the evidence first. I thought Gordon uh, looked really good again this week, backed up last week's effort, um, got a goal in what I thought was a, a pretty decent performance from from him. He did do that a few times last season and, you know, got a lot of people on the bandwagon and then he did not reward anyone. So hopefully this means that he's going to start stringing some consistent performances together. And, and like Lampard said in the press conference after the game, they don't really have a number nine. So Gordon's going to be playing up front, which at his price point in the midfield is, you know, even though Everton aren't sort of world beaters at the moment, still um, having a midfielder that plays up front has a lot of value. I thought Aronson looked good again, um, was really great in attack. He set up Sinistera's goal, um, created three chances, had one shot. Um, so I thought it was an all-round good performance from Aronson. Uh, his shot came close to going as well, so he could have really had a goal as well. Um, Sinistera, he had a decent performance. I wouldn't say that um, my jaw was dropped and uh, he stood out, but I think um, the more he plays, the more confidence he's going to get. And if he can get anywhere near his form last season, I think he's going to be an absolutely great option. I think he's six and a half million. So definitely uh, one to keep an eye on, in my opinion, and to see where they're going to play him and whether he has won that starting role. But Outside of that, I'm probably not looking at anyone from Everton. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, so uh, in terms of Leeds, uh, like I actually thought once Rafinha uh, went to Barcelona that uh, Leeds would be sort of no good, but uh, they've been all right. Like they've um, obviously, you know, this is Sinistera. Uh, oh, I don't know how old he is, so if I say kid. <laughs> I might actually look it up. Uh, Sinistera, if I can actually spell He's from Colombia, actually. Uh, what is he? How old is he? Oh, he's only 23, so I can't call him kid. Um, <laughs> he's He's been pretty decent. Like, 
and they they've just got some exciting players. Like uh, you know, uh, you know, Rodrigo was unlucky in terms of the injury. Yeah, a lot of people brought Rodrigo in and obviously burnt by his injury. But uh, you know, Rodrigo, Harrison, Aronson, Sinistera now. They've got that midfield of just it's just it's exciting, like and uh, you know it's almost like it's an exciting time to be uh, a Leeds fan because they do have some exciting talent uh, coming up. You know they've got Meslier in goals as well, who's really solid. So uh, yeah, like uh, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I, I really like this Sinistera uh, kid again. He's uh, what is he? Is he five point five as well, or six point five? He's six point so five. Yeah, yeah. So he's a little bit more expensive. So realistically, uh, if that Rodrigo injury is a little bit, little bit of a long term, most people would probably move from Rodrigo to Sinistera if you want to stay with Leeds, given uh, that they've got a relatively good run. Like they got Brentford. Uh, Forest, then Man United, who's the, which is their hard fixture, Villa and Palace so in the next five. So um, I would have to say people will be moving from <clears throat> from uh, Rodrigo to Sinistera. Um, in terms of Everton, uh, you know, Anthony Gordon, like absolute standout, but uh, obviously Chelsea don't really have long to sign him. I know Chelsea have been in for him. Um, quite hard. I don't know what's going to happen in the next. I think it closes in the next twenty four hours. Does it the the window? Pretty sure from our time of recording, the the window closes relatively soon. Uh, uh, I think it closes uh, before the weekend. From memory, uh, I'm pretty sure because it, uh, it said it closes after week five. So I'm assuming it's going to be just before um, kickoff week. So. No, it tomorrow. It closes on Thursday, the September the first. We're recording uh, on a Thursday, so, but obviously we're a day ahead of England. So, pretty so sure tomorrow it's, morning. Yeah, tomorrow sometime it will close. I, I knew it will, uh, so eleven p.m. So eleven p.m. Thursday, September one. Yeah, so that'd be I think roughly maybe ten a.m. Australian time tomorrow, possibly. Uh. Maybe a bit later. Good. Uh, I'd have to. I'd. I, I'd have to look it up. Oh, hang on. Here we go. That's it. Uh, no, that's that, that's Spain. That doesn't actually have Australia. Yeah, I think it'll be about nine a.m. Actually, because I think six a.m. our time is about eight p.m. UK UK time. I'll take your word for it. Without <laughs> without looking it up, I'd. Uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, but I think I've just seen a couple of transfers come through for Man City and um, yeah, possibly yeah, Liverpool as well. So yeah, the Man City, uh, uh, the five. I think. I think yeah, he's can, five million. Andrew, yeah, it can't Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, oh, there we go. Hang on. There we go. I've just uh, seen it. Eight a.m. tomorrow morning. Eight a.m. Friday. Yeah. So you're right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fairly, fairly close. So, um, yeah, so there's not long at all for for um, 
them to get, you know, players in. So whether Gordon ends up staying at Everton, I think if he stays at Everton, he's a decent asset to have anyway, like moving sort of to FPL talk. Um, It's not really anyone else at at Everton I look at 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 the moment. Um, I mean, Norpai just signed for them, but apparently due to when the transfer was done in a banking holiday, they couldn't um, have him on the team sheet for this week. So he'll Mm. be on the team sheet next week and he might even start up front. Ah, nice. So we might get on to Arsenal and Villa. Um, This game is, I guess, a game of what might have been for Jesus and people who captain uh, Jesus. You know, he looks really good. Probably could have had about three goals. I think he hit uh, hit the post on one and then hit a couple at the keeper as well as um, scoring that uh, rebound goal as well from a Martinelli shot. So he finished the game with four shots, one goal, one big chance missed. Um, I thought it was a really good performance all round from Jesus. He just looks very lively every time he touches the ball. I thought Martinelli looked very creative. He was probably Arsenal's main outlet um, in attack. He ended up with five shots, one goal, three chances created. And, you know, I sort of was pondering the idea of maybe getting out Martinelli because I sort of didn't think he did too much last week. But um, lucky I didn't because he was just involved in everything in attack. Um, Just... Talk about Shaka. He got more advanced again this week, so I'm not sure whether that's going to be a, a theme every week now. But you know, at his price point and getting into great areas, you know, there's a couple of times he could have had an assist um, if Arsenal could finish their chances. So I definitely think um, just for this little run of games, he's definitely one worth looking at. Even if you know you're only going to play him on the bench and sort of spot play him against good fixtures, I think you know he's a good option. I think it might be five and a half million or maybe five million. Um, I'd have to double-check that, but I think... Who's that, sorry? Uh, Xhaka. I think he's only five, if I'm mistaken. Let me have a look. Xhaka. Uh, yeah, he's only five. Yeah, so definitely a good option at that price point. Fort Villa looked okay, but, yeah, nothing's really excited me about them at all. Not not Watkins, not Coutinho, not anyone. I thought Liam Bailey was interesting to see that he got a start again this week, but... Yeah, they didn't really do too much in attack. Um, what did you take from the game, Damon? Yeah, so obviously you touched on a lot of the points that uh, I um, I was going to say. So obviously, you know, Jesus, Martinelli. Martinelli, I, I keep saying it every week, but he's, he, he's the best uh, uh, 8.0 uh, million <laughs> a player that's that's uh, was 6.0. So uh, he's, yeah, like... He's up there in terms of must-have players, like with sort of Haaland. Uh, I think mainly they're probably the only two. <laughs> but in terms of absolute must-haves. Um, yeah, look, for, for mine, I'm, I'm going to throw in, uh, like I did for sort of for the first game, I'm going to throw in a player that like hasn't really gotten any returns yet, but I just liked the look of his game. Not saying he's going to be an absolute, you know, well-beater sort of thing. And most of us sort of have two, three uh, Arsenal assets already, so it's hard to sort of bring in another one. But um, there was this uh, kid called Sambi Lakonga. Uh, he's 4.4. He's placed in central midfield uh, at Arsenal, sort of next to Xhaka. So uh, may not get, you know, may not get huge returns, but it, I just like the way he played. And he's, um, as I said, he's 4.4 million. So you um, uh, couldn't do much worse, especially... Uh, you know, on a wild card, if you don't intend on having three, you know, three 
Arsenal players in terms of, you know, key Arsenal players sort of thing. He might be one for the sort of for the bench um, when you are. Yeah, when, when you're wild carding. Like, as I said, he hasn't um, had any sort of returns at the moment, but I just like the look of his game. He It was the first game that he did play 90 minutes as well, like, uh, before that, he played a total of three minutes in, in the, the first four games. So he's just one for the watch list. Um, that's it. I, I just like I liked his game. So, uh, yeah, so that was pretty much Arsenal for me. Uh, Villa, I can, I can honestly see uh, Gerard being the next uh, next coach sacked, to be honest with you. They've, um, they've been pretty woeful uh you know they 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 lost to us they, they've lost to arsenal uh lost to palace i think how many uh, have they actually won a game yet uh, i think they won week two they beat everton 2-1 but that wasn't that wasn't overly convincing and oh yeah and they lost to bournemouth in the first week and bournemouth already, <laughs> already sacked their coach which was, a, oh, that, that was that was shambolic. How they've sacked Scott Parker. I know they lost, and I go, I know this is sidetracked. I'm sidetracking for a minute. But, yes, they lost 9-0 to Liverpool. But they played, what, Liverpool, Arsenal, City, um, and they won their first game. And then and then they go and sack, uh, sack their coach after doing so well in the, uh, or they finished second in the championship and got promoted. So, yeah, that's that, that. That was a bit shambolic. That uh, that did take me by surprise. But uh, I think the only reason that I could see they've sacked him is um, he prides himself on a defensive coach, and he thinks he's what conceded a million goals in three weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's I mean, it is against quality it, sides, yeah. but um, they just but look dead can, in the water. Yeah, but you've seen like you actually do have seen teams um, can see quite a few, especially like you're going to have teams that do concede a lot against Liverpool and Man City this season. Like it's proven like this week, Man City beat Nottingham Forest 6-0. Don't think Nottingham Forest is going to sack their coach. So I uh, could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, so as I said, I'll back to sort of fill up for a minute. I think Gerard may be in trouble unless he turns things around. So... But uh, yeah, like for, with Villa, I wouldn't be bringing anyone in at the moment. If you if you've got players already from Villa, uh, I I'd have to have a look at. I mean, they play uh, City this week. I they think. play City this week. So yeah, so the next or oh, the, the next game, City is tough. Then it becomes slightly all. Oh, so oh, thing is though, <laughs> if uh, City, if the the Nordic meet Shield. Uh, uh, kicks another hat trick of goals. Gerard could legitimately be in trouble. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> it's definitely not yeah. what you want heading into a muscle no, game against the team no. that's just um, yeah. Oh, they're on fire. Uh, but then they've got uh, Leicester, Southampton, Leeds, and uh, Forest. So their fixture does open up after the City game. So if Gerard does survive uh, next week, I think they should be okay. Um, I think their assets are fine at the moment, uh, all the ones that, you know, uh, people are already having. If they've got Watkins, if people have got Watkins or Ings or um, I think... 
got cash, I think, but yes. I wouldn't be going anywhere near defensive assets, See, especially I've, this week. I've been moving off. The, the, only, the only assets I've been moving off in terms of Villa are your like midfield options. So if you've got if you've still got Coutinho, I'd be moving off him. I'd be moving off Bailey. Uh, yeah, so I think that if you've got the forwards, they're fine, but the midfielders I think I'd be moving off because there's better options. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I'm hoping that Bailey just keeps losing money because if he hits 4.5, I think if he's still starting, I think he's a good option at that price. Oh, he's he's, he's going to be a good option. Like if he, if he can drop to 4.5, 4.4, uh, he's going to be a good option come wild card. Oh, you know, for people that haven't wild card wild carded yet, come wild card, come wild card time. <laughs> like uh, I, I'm, yeah, tongue twister, mate. <laughs> tongue, tongue twister tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think he's going to be a good option yeah, if he can sort of keep starting. Uh, well, we might. Uh, speaking of Bournemouth, we might get onto their fixture <laughs> against Wolves. So for me, I, this wasn't a great, a great watch. Watching back the highlights, it was kind of a game of some chances, but not really chances, if that makes sense. Mm. But for probably the shining light for me was. Uh, Tavernier, he looked really good in attack. Um, got close a few times, but just lacked a sort of end product and either got dispossessed or, you know, when he did do a shot, it sort of either got a deflection and went wide. So he did look good, but um, yeah, they didn't really offer too much in this game. Looking at um, Wolves, I thought Podence is probably the standout. I thought he was a good attacking outlet for them. I think he played central a little bit, then uh, went back to wide and, you know, created a few chances, but they just couldn't finish. So I think Wolves' fixtures are okay the short term, but I think the long term, you know, they've got a few hard ones coming up. So if you do have an asset, you know, it looks like uh, Guedes has got that wide position down-packed. Uh, Mafias Nunes looked all right, had another chance and almost scored again this week. So I think, you know, maybe if you're wanting to take a, a bit of a stab on those type of players, but for me, I'm probably not going anywhere near Wolves at the moment. I just, yeah, they just don't look great in an attack. They're not scoring lots of goals. And, you know, if you're going to take a, a leap of faith on these sort of forwards and midfielders, you want to see at least goals. And at the moment, I'm not seeing too many. But outside that, maybe Solanke, um, if Bournemouth can get it together over the next few weeks. But, yeah, probably not touching either side for me. What about you, Devo? Yeah, so I'm sort of the same. It was a bit of a snore fest, uh, this game here. Um the only sort of point uh, that notes per se in terms of Bournemouth is the fact that uh, Neto, their goalkeeper, got a start um, in this game over Travers. And I think um, Neto's probably going to be the goalkeeper that they have moving forward. Um, again, I wouldn't necessarily be going for him at 4.5, but he um, obviously kept the clean uh, sheet and scored six points. So... He uh, he did all right, and I think he'll be their goalkeeper moving forward. Uh, in terms of Wolves, again, I'm not really liking Wolves at the moment. Um, their their fixture run just be- after Southampton actually becomes uh, it's probably the toughest fixture run in the Premier League. Uh, they've got Southampton, and then they've got Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, Man City back to back. Um, then us, uh, so West Ham, and then Chelsea. So that fixture run is just a nightmare for for Wolves. Um, I I actually can't see them. Famous last words, but I, I I can't see them winning any games, especially the way Southampton played this week. 
um, in the next five. So, uh, well, you know, hopefully I'm proven wrong with maybe one of the big boys because um, I actually don't mind uh, the Wolves outfit, but uh, I can't see where they, I can't see where their um, goals are going to come from. Like, you know, Jimenez is just coming off, coming off uh, injury. He hasn't sort of, uh, sort of gotten into into gear yet. Uh, their um, uh, plays are like I like Guedes, but uh, other than that, oh, I, I just don't see it for Wolves. Uh, I don't know if you can sort of add to that, but I just don't. Nah, nah, I agree. It's just they're not. You know, they're. I think they've did did sign a striker overnight, so it'll be interesting to see um, how he looks. I think he's a six foot seven um, athletic striker, but. Mm. Yeah, I'm the same. There's just nothing really popping out that says, you know, they're worth taking a punt on. Um, until I see that, you know, I probably won't be going near them. Yeah. But um, we might go on to our next game, which was City and Forest. So we might just uh, start with the, the elephant in the room, which is Harlan, I thought. <laughs> He's just such a clinical striker. And it's, it's fr- it was frustrating as a KDB owner because I kind of got Harlan out thinking that, you know, they're going to maybe manage Haaland's minutes with the Champions League in midweek games. So I thought, you know, I could definitely um, handle a goal from Haaland as long as KDB started and, you know, gave what we've seen all season from him that, you know, he's very involved in the attack and, you know, can easily bang out two goals and get a few assists. But, you know, it just it only took him 16 touches this game to get three goals, which... You know, it, it's good and bad depending on the way you look at it. But, yeah, just absolutely incredible performance from him. I'm pretty sure there was one point there where he just manhandled a defender, pushed him away like a little school kid and and put the ball in the back of the net. So it just showed how dominant he was this game. But for me, the biggest standout was uh, Julian Alvarez. I sort of thought preseason, um, now that they got him back from his loan spell after they bought him in the January transfer window, I sort of thought... He could actually contribute straight away, but I just wasn't sure whether they were going to try sub him on for Harlan up front or whether they might uh, trust him to sort of play out wide like they, they used to do with Jesus. So it was good to see him get a start. And, you know, he turned on a really good performance. He grabbed two goals, had five shots, uh, two chances created, one big chance created, and ended up having a uh, hit in the woodwork as well. So, and he had 40 touches, which... You know, I brought up about Harlan, you know, doesn't really get involved a lot in attack, but is just clinical in the box. Just, I don't think there's a better striker in the Prem at the moment in that six-yard box. So I think that Alvarez is definitely a nice cheeky shout now that it's shown that he can start out wide, sort of similar to what Jesus did last year for City. So, you know, it's I think he's six, is he 6.1? Uh, who's that? Uh... Alvarez. Alvarez. Uh, let me have a look. I will have a look. Uh, City. He is. Alvarez is 6.2 now. He's had a price rise. Oh, so yeah. So 6.2. I think definitely a good option, especially if you still get 20 minutes off the bench for the games that he doesn't start. I um, think that is a good option. And then obviously the Champions League coming up there's a good chance that he'll get some decent minutes as well. So depending on uh, whether they want to use him for Champions League or using for the league, but my opinion, I think he will play more league games than Champions League just because I think that 
now that they've, you know, are playing good and flying high in the, the Premier League, they're probably going to turn a little bit of a focus to the Champions League early on and see if they can kind of get a few early wins. And, you know, that way they can turn their attention back to the Premier League. But, yeah, definitely think it's a great option. Um, touch on Nico Williams in a side that got absolutely destroyed. I thought he looked really good, uh, created three chances and had one big chance created. Looked really good going forward, but obviously defensively they just looked absolutely horrible. So probably um, a great spot start this week against Bournemouth. I think, you know, good option, especially if you, you either have a player who has a bad fixture or and you don't want to transfer them out and put them on the bench for this week, I definitely think Nico Williams is a good start. You know, there's a chance this game could finish nil or, or you know, he could get an attack and return this week because he does offer a lot of attack going down that wing. So I definitely think it's a great start this week. But outside of the usuals, Cancelo had another good game. So finally uh, rewarded owners who stuck with him with a goal. So definitely um, has that upside every week, just hasn't sort of had that finishing touch to last probably the back end of last season and then obviously the start of this season. But outside of that, so not looking at anyone else. What about you, Damo? Yes, I was disappointed that uh, Cancelo got an attacking return because uh, I uh, dumped him off my wild card, but had my reasons uh, for that, tried to have a bit more of a balanced side. And I think I came out in front anyway, but uh, I, uh, if he keeps uh, doing the business, it's going to be hard to uh, not try and bring him back. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're going to have to sacrifice. Uh, it's either... I think the way I've got my team set up at the moment, it's either I, I'd have to sacrifice James or him. So it's uh, it's a tough ask at the, at the moment. But, uh, yeah, we'll um, kick on from that. Uh, but it was, obviously it's good for owners. Uh, I think Bernardo played really well. Uh, he started again. I think he played the full 90 again. Uh, he is doing what probably, in my opinion, sort of Gundogan owners wanted. Uh, and he's just doing the business. I think he's 6.8 as well, so he's not overly expensive too. Uh, now, talking about the Nordic Meat Shield for a minute, uh, they they uh, don't need to necessarily um, manage him, like especially when he's scoring three goals in 40 minutes. So, uh, And then I think he was taken off shortly after that. So they only really needed him after halftime, you know, like, He's uh he's an absolute beast of a place. He's he's only I think he's only twenty two or twenty three. Uh, yeah, uh, I think he's yeah twenty two. He's twenty two at the moment. I actually thought he was twenty three. Uh, you know, there's comparisons with uh, the way Aguero started at City as well. Uh, but he's done better than Aguero, and that's saying a lot. Like scored nine goals in the first five Premier League games. Already has two hat tricks to his name. Uh, Aguero uh, had eight goals uh, and one hat trick in his first five Premier League games. So it's just it's just insane. Like uh, for I'm I'm pretty sure Pep actually said Aguero could never be uh, replicated. I think they've found their man uh, that's gonna absolutely replicate, if not be better than um, Aguero. Like he, I don't know. Like he's just. He, he doesn't seem human. Like, so... Probably says more about um, Manchester City's system and yeah. why Harry Kane wanted to go there so bad last season. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't... Like, no disrespect to, to Harry Kane, but I just don't think he would have been able to do... Maybe, you know, maybe if he's 10 years younger, 
but like he's just Harlan's on another level. Like you were talking before about uh, you know that there were te- you know obviously there's ten million FPL accounts at the moment. Now if uh, Harland goes from what is he seventy? Is he no 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 that that's Jesus seventy percent owned. What um, uh, Jesus uh, is eighty percent owned now. Oh yeah, yeah no no. So Harland, 72.7% owned. Yeah, uh, Harland is 72.7% owned. So I'd be watching that. If Harland hits, you know, 85 90% owned, I would hazard to say that uh, those 10 million accounts are actually uh, people that are actually active. So, so yeah, like, oh, I can see he's, he's, what, his price is 11.9 at the moment, and I think that still is cheap. Like it's 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 ridiculous. Like uh, uh, with halls of what fifteen? Well, I mean, he's, he's had two seventeens yeah, and a thirteen, two, and a six, two seventeen, uh, a thirteen, five. A, a five and a six. So hasn't really blanked at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, but uh, like touching on Alvarez as well. Um, I agree with you in terms of you know once Champions League comes, but uh, like I, I think I think that. Alvarez is going to get the Jesus, the City Jesus treatment, um, and Harland the way that he's played. You, you can't, you, you can't possibly bench uh, Harland in Premier League games. Like, well, they uh, might have to just because um, last season in the Bundesliga, I think Harland had a few niggling injuries. Yeah, he, he had a few niggles, but like, obviously, in the if game he goes that, down, that's yeah, that's but a big game, blow. The game that just passed, though, he he had, as we said, he had three goals uh, within 40 minutes and then he was subbed off shortly after. So, you know, playing a half of football uh, and still scoring 17, 18 points, that's unreal. That's unheard of. Yeah, see, I I think um, he's going to be like that all season, but I also probably makes the perma-captain Harlan a bit risky because you saw in the Bournemouth fixture, he doesn't get involved a lot. And if he isn't finishing chances, it easily can just be like a fight. Obviously got the assist that game, but could have easily just been a blank. So I think just maybe, just a, I guess a, a bit of a disclaimer that if you want to captain him every week, you might have to be satisfied of a few weeks where he might not be clinical in the box and just get sort of those two points because he's not really getting a lot of touches similar to like, I guess, like a KDB who, you know, still get 50-plus touches most weeks. So even if, um, you know, he's not getting the goals, he's still going to be involved in attack where Haaland's going to sort of either be 17 points, 16 touches, or he's going to be 16 touches and nothing. Do you, um, just query, do you actually have Haaland in your side? I'd had him for two weeks this year and then I'm <laughs> You're going to have to bring him back ASAP. No, I've already already got him back in. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was kind of just, um, after last week's performance of Harlan, I kind of just wanted to see uh, what was going to happen this week. And then when I saw KDB was benched and Harlan started, it kind of gave me the idea that it's not how I thought it was going to go. So I sort of thought, let's bite the bullet. I'll get him back in. I got him in at half time. I had two free transfers, so I used those straight away to sort of get yeah. back in uh, Andreas Pereira, um, which, you know, helped me for a little bit of bench depth because I did, to get KDB, I had to go to non-playing plays to sort of make it yeah, work. So yeah. It's probably better for my side in the long run anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'll 
jump on the next game. Uh, do you want me to start since it's uh, West Ham Spurs? Oh, yeah, mate. I definitely don't feel like talking about uh, both of these sides for a while. So, yeah, definitely go ahead, mate. <laughs> uh, well, look, for, for, for mine, obviously, you know, our um, we got our man in in the, you know, the Brazilian Paqueta. Uh, he, I was so surprised when he came in at 6 mil. I think he's going to be, he's so underpriced, it's not funny. Um, if he can have... Uh, if he can have half, oh, sorry, I'll preface it with if he's half as good as Payet was, which there's been a lot of comparisons about uh, with uh, in terms of Payet, uh, he's going to be an absolute bargain. Like six mil is ridiculous uh, for what he can produce. Yeah. Um, but I say that with bated breath because you want to, you want him starting. So, uh, like, I wouldn't necessarily be transferring him right now. Like, he's more than likely my uh, my gross move over, but I'm not doing it now. You know, I mean, he, he will come into my side. It'll just be a matter of uh, when, and I'm probably looking at you know anywhere between two to three game weeks time when our fixtures sort of open up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once he starts to razzle, it's it's going to be hard to stop him. Uh, a little bit of a shout out to Fournells. I, I think he's uh, he's really underrated. Fournells, like he, I think he can still remain in our side. Like our side is going to be tricky to sort of predict in the next two to three weeks what's going to happen before you know all the chips sort of settle down. We've brought in quite a number of players. Um, I know, I know. Moy sort of drip feeds our players in, so which is why you know players like Emerson have been drip drip fed in, and um, we've sort of seen that with a couple of other players that we've signed. So uh, until we really see what Moyes is thinking in terms of his lineup, um, like I'm looking at four nails at five point four. He's relatively cheap. Um, but you want him to be starting. Same thing with Ben Rama. Ben Rama can be one of our best players, but like I wouldn't necessarily be bringing him in given um, you know this. He may not start on any given week. Um, but yeah, so definitely in terms of West Ham, I Paquetta's as soon as he starts starting for for us, he's a no brainer. Um, like we've got Chelsea this week, Newcastle next week, and then our fixtures open right up. So uh, I want to look at, especially if he can sort of get not so much play where he's playing at the moment at centre-back, but if he can get that sort of right right back spot, um, and that's uh, Kera. Uh, I think I said that right, Kera. <laughs> He's 4.5, he's a defender. Um, I think he's a German international. So uh, he's an absolute beast. He's, he's like, play, uh, the, irrelevant of FPL, he's actually played really, really well. He's probably been our standout player for the last two games. Um, and he plays right back for Germany, So, which is why I've sort of mentioned him. If um, he starts playing right back over Sufal, he's another one that definitely at 4.5 I'd be looking at. Um, but 
but yeah, so I think uh, Skamaka's uh, he I think he had illness this week. That's why he didn't play. So he should be right for next week. But um, it's a wait and see. It's a wait and see for us. Um, definitely, um, where uh, we'd have more information about us probably in about three weeks. So. At that evident fixture, I reckon people will start be bringing in West Ham assets. Um, in terms of Spurs, I really like Emerson Royale. Like he's at the moment, I think he's he's the one that's keeping out Doherty at the moment, isn't he? Is, is yeah, he I in, think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he's in. He's in. Oh, the the, the position that Doherty plays, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm, so I'm I think happy. Emerson can uh, Emerson Royal can play either side. So yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's just had a price rise, so he's five point one. Uh, they play Fulham next, uh, and he's he's just been consistent. Like he hasn't been absolutely stand. Like he, he's not a absolute not breakout player. That's the wrong word, but he's he's not like a Perisic that can just stack on points. Um, he's going to give you consistency. Like in the first game, he got nine points, um, then blanked, got six six and, and two. So. <laughs> Uh, I think he's just going to be consistent. And at 5.1, if you're looking for that sort of consistent player, um, I've actually heard talks that Doherty, we've, we've actually put a bid in for Doherty. So don't think he's going to move. But, um, yeah, so, like, uh, uh, I don't think Doherty is necessarily happy not playing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So watch that space in the next, uh, what are we, 12 hours until, <laughs> or yeah. a little bit less than 12 hours until um, the transfer window closes. Um, yeah, that's really all I want to touch on. Like, uh, I think a lot of people are jumping off Kane now to, to jump onto Haaland. Son's been really disappointing. Like, uh, for for what you're paying for Son, I think he's, what, 12 mil? If no, I'm he's in, dropped a fair bit now. I think he's sitting at about like, 11, yeah, 11.8 yeah, yeah. or 11.7. No, you're right. He's 11.8. But, like, uh, obviously, other than the first game where he scored five, he's basically blanked in every game. So he's been pretty disappointing. Um, uh, like, I, I haven't necessarily watched Spurs games intently. Like, uh, so I can't really talk about how attacking he's been met. You know, if you've if – you've, watch their games, maybe you can speak on that. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much mine. How, uh, how about yourself, mate? Uh, well, I might just touch on Spurs, just um, the back end of what you said. Um, mm. Spurs just haven't looked great the last three weeks in attack. Like, Kane still had his chances. Son had a couple of chances this game. But even Kulicheski had a poor game. They just, they just didn't look great. I sort of thought this is pretty much just all West Ham for most of this game. Um, just touching on Spurs assets, um, Kane's probably still going to bag goals, but they just, yeah, probably not offering what the likes of Haaland can give you. I think Son's definitely one to keep an eye on because he did do this last year where he had that bit of a flat spot in there. You know, I think I owned him for a few of the weeks and didn't really do too well. But then obviously once he got a goal, you know, it's almost like his confidence is back and he just went on an absolute run. So, Hopefully by that time when that happens, he's, you know, sitting at about 11 and a half or even less, which would be nice. But, you know, I'm probably not really considering Spurs assets till I can see a little bit of improvement and not sure how it's going to look, obviously, with Champions League starting next week as well. So 
Um, definitely probably just one for the watch. I probably wouldn't be jumping on anyone. Perisic, if you got him, definitely keep him. You know, he did offer a, a good attacking opportunities uh, this game against West Ham. But, you know, touching on West Ham, I thought Bowen looked uh, really good. Even though he didn't get an attack, he probably should have had a goal. I think there was one chance there where he just really needed probably just to tap it with his toe and it would have went in the goal, but instead somehow redirected the ball away from the goal. So I thought he looked really good. He had uh, three shots, two chances created. Um, you mentioned Perqueta. Um, definitely interesting if he does play the number 10 role. If he sits a little bit deeper, I probably won't go there. But, yeah, if he does play more advanced instead of Lanzini's position, I think, you know, definitely a great shout because he is an absolute baller. Um, very excited to see him come to the Prem. It would have been better if it was Newcastle, but we'll have to just settle with West Ham. But, um with Skimaka, will he start more Prem games or is he going to be sort of put into Europa till obviously he builds um, a bit more sort of uh, a partnership with the, the starting mm. 11? No, nah, no, nah, he will start the majority of, of Prem games, obviously. As I said, he didn't start the last game because of illness. But uh, uh, Antonio, I see Antonio as uh, more of a bench player these days, uh, sort of that sort of, almost a super sub um, yeah. player uh, compare, well, you know, for what we paid for Skamaka, the fact that he's 23 as well, um, he's basically the future. So um, I can see him uh, starting pretty much uh, in every, uh, in every uh, prem game, if he's healthy, um, in terms of oh, I, I see more Antonio being the one that is actually more of the um, Europa League. Uh, well, it's not Europa League. It's, yeah, Conference League. So I see uh, Antonio being the one that starts in the Conference League over Skamaka. Yeah, right. That's fair enough. And um, just touch on Sushek. It's two games now where he's been getting into good advanced positions. Is this? Um, I guess, reminiscent of last season where he had that bit of a run? Or do you think it's just a bit of a, I guess, a little purple patch where he'll go back to playing deeper again and won't be sort of getting in these positions? Yeah, see, with with Suchek, um, I haven't, but a lot of West Ham fans have turned on him. Uh, I don't know what what it is. Um, And obviously the game on the weekend with with the goal is going to help in terms of, you know, West Ham fans feeling the love for him again, but I, I don't know what what it is. Um, yeah, so like he's just he's been uh, a bit out of favour with with the fans at the moment, but I think it's just the and, and as bad as this sort of sounds, it's the higher expectations of this season. So like if you look at you know you uh, you know you look at Cresswell, you look at Suchek, you look at Sufal even Antonio to a, to a lesser extent, yeah. and then you look at who we've brought in, we, we sort of want, we want to be that higher tier. So obviously the first three games haven't done that, you know, played really poorly, all that kind of stuff. But uh, we're sort of in that at that impasse at the moment where it can go either way. We can either sort of now sort of shoot for the stars and, try and get, you know, as high a finish as possible or we can sort of do what Leeds did all those years ago and sort of crash and burn 
uh, and you know <laughs> potentially get relegated. Like uh, you know when they have that, you know when, when you know when they had the Vadukas <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, and ended yeah. up. Um, you, you know, you know what I mean. It's sort of where actually, I, I cannot tell you. I, it's probably going to be a month before I can tell you. Yep, you know we're on the right track. We're going to do well or not, nah, this is going to be, you know, an absolute rubbish season for us uh, fighting relegation. So it's, it's, it's a wait and see. It really is. But I think like the, definitely the fans mentality has changed. It's, uh, you know, we're wanting, we're, we've seen that success now and we're wanting a bit more of that success. And I think it's going to, it's going to be, I'm not going to say tough times at West Ham, but it's going to be, there's going to be more people fighting for spots, which is not a bad thing. Um, and, you know, a few fan favourites may be left in the outer um, this season, which is going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. So, but, uh, you know, that's football sort of thing. No, nah, definitely. We might get on to our next game, which was Liverpool and Newcastle. So, this is actually a really good game. It was quite exciting. I thought Newcastle did really well, especially with, you know, the plays they had out with the likes of Wilson, St. Max, you know, two pretty important plays for them. And, you know, I thought they still attacked really good. Um, I might just touch on Liverpool first. I sort of thought a lot of people were, you know, uh, jumping off the cellar bandwagon. Um, he still created six chances this game, had two assists and two shots and, uh, I think I was speaking to um, Dan and Matt um, today about it. It just seemed, though, in transition, um, sometimes if Elliot brought the ball up, he was very slow to to make a decision and, and hit Salah early if that sort of, I think last season was sort of like a looping ball behind the defensive line where Salah would make that diagonal run early and next minute you'd be like, oh, surely he's off and he'd, you know, get 10 yards pace in front of everyone and sort of be in on goal all the time. But... Every time that sort of that was on, they kind of held the ball too long, and they either played the ball too short um, because it was just a, a late decision and it got intercepted, or they just turned back and then played it back to to the defense and reset. So I just think there's a couple of times there structurally they just they're just not playing as fluent as they were last season, and Salah seems to be a bit of a casualty. Um, it's not getting the chances. Um, and all the ball that he was getting last season. So I still saw signs that he did make really good runs, just wasn't getting the service. So I still think people that have him, it's definitely worth a hold because, you know, he's just one of those players that he could easily just go bang and get two goals. And, you know, he showed last season that at his best, you know, he's definitely one player that you do not want to go without. And, you know, for for my sake, it's good to see people getting him out because hopefully, you know, he continues to to get sort of lowly owned, and then um, it's more of an impact when he does score well. But touching on um, Trent and Robbo, they just looked a little bit off this game. I'm not sure what's going on. Like I know um, Trent got the goal last week, but just overall, they just haven't looked um themselves. So I think it might come down to Matt Tip uh, missing from the center of the park and Canate. You know, two of their probably their best centre-backs outside Van Dyke are both on the sidelines and they've had to play with Joe Gomez in the middle there where Joe Gomez is an all right footballer, but, you know, I don't think he offers the same as what Matip and Canate do. So I think that that might be why Robbo and Trent are sort of, I guess, hampered a little bit, um, especially if the defensive clean sheets. But touching on Newcastle, um, uh, Isaac looked 
really good when he come on. That goal was absolutely filthy. It was an absolute great goal. And, you know, I was pretty pumped when Newcastle did sign him because I think that they were going to change the way they line up to try to do a Wilson and Isaac up front. But with the Wilson injury, it sort of just left him to play up front now. And I don't think Wood's going to get a look in. And, you know, if their fixture's coming up, I definitely think he's a great option. He only uh, showed a short sample size of what he can do, but he's a really good player. And I definitely think he's one for the watch list because if he does score again this upcoming week, I think there's going to be a few transfers in. And, you know, I wouldn't blame people trying to get on early now before, you know, the hordes of people jump on. Um, I think that if St. Max does come back next week, he's definitely a good option as well. He's looked really good this season. But, you know, outside of that, I still think Newcastle are, are quite relevant, have a lot of good options. I think there's about three or four options worth looking at. Um, but, you know... Outside of the, the players I've mentioned, I'm not really looking at anyone else. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so um, I thought Isaac's goal was great too. Um, he, uh, according to FPL's, F- he's uh, yellow flagged. I didn't watch. I didn't watch in the game, so I'm not sure. Well, I think he cramped, but so did about twenty thousand plays on that. Yeah, <laughs> so it should be all right. Um, my only question is: um, Does Firmino keep uh, Nunes out now? Like he's the last two games, um, he's played really, really well. So um, it's going to be interesting because I think it changes the way Liverpool play when Firmino yeah. does play. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing because he does offer good, but I think. See, I think Nunez uh, increases Salah's output. I think that with him playing, I think Salah could um, find himself uh, getting into better areas, um, playing one-twos with Nunez, and I think also getting more assists because Nunez, you know, showed that he can be quite lethal in front of goal as well. So I think yeah, well, that, Nunez that probably makes him better, but mm. I don't think Firmino is going to give that position up straight away. Yeah, well, that first game, that first game that Nunes played was outstanding. He he looked sal, uh, not Salah, sorry, Harland esque in terms of like <laughs> literally every touch could have been a goal. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there at Liverpool. Um, I think Salah was lucky to um, get his attacking returns too. So um, yeah, like. Uh, I think uh, I, I know you sort of uh, touched on Trent and Robbo. Um, I think for people that have Trent, you keep Trent. You know, as you sort of saw, what was it last week where he got his haul? Yeah. He, you know, he can be an, a hot and cold player, but um, I think Robbo owners maybe time to move on. Um, yeah, I think he's just had another price drop too, so. It's a it's a tough call um, for owners of uh, Robertson. Yeah, no, definitely. I think obviously with the with Darwin coming back, you know, there's that opportunity to even go him. Um, Diaz, I think, you know, still an all right option, but you know, I'd now actually nearly just move off the three Liverpool assets. Maybe stick with sort of Salah and Trent, and maybe invest in a another city asset or even uh, elsewhere. In my opinion. Hmm. Uh, well, that wraps up our, our game review. So we might get into uh, the shit the bed segment. So it's pretty easy for me this week. Chelsea again, unfortunately for Pete from the SideNet podcast. Uh, he's going to be quite upset, but I think he was kind of expecting it when um, I think it might have been Planner that mentioned um, 
Chelsea being a candidate this week again. And, uh, yeah, he was correct. They were horrible. Um, nothing, no offense to Southampton. You know, they played really good. Uh, very hard to break down in that second half, but I just expected more from Chelsea. I think that they, you know, that first half they looked good, but second half they just dropped right off. So I think very disappointing performance. Um, what about you, Damo? Yeah, so Paul Peterson, you know, obviously suffered the, uh, the what is it the Leeds uh, Galactico game and now <laughs> now uh, they're they're losing to Southampton so uh, look uh, as I said uh, well, oh, it's no surprise I've I've put Chelsea in firmly in the shit the bed uh, segment this week as well um, you know they, usually I'd have you know you, you know how we have perma captains you know perma Maguire in there but. Uh, Ever since oh, they dumped him, anymore, mate. yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> ever since, ever since um, Maguire stopped playing for Man United, Man United's been decent. So, like, um, <laughs> yeah, might have to uh, perma captain uh, Chelsea as shit the bed, uh, given the way they've played the last couple. I think. Look, in all honesty, I think they can turn it around. But um, I wouldn't be worried if I was a Chelsea fan. But uh, but yeah, they're in my shit the bed this week. No, definitely. They'll be probably cemented there till I see anything different, but we'll get on to our differentials. So a little bit of an update on the leaderboard, obviously, with the, the quick turnaround, we didn't really get a chance to do the pod to state our differentials, even though I did chuck a couple up. But at the moment, the leaderboard's standing at 17 points for myself and 13 points for Damo. So, you know, you did pull um, back a little bit of a difference um, last week, but you know, I'm still ahead of here by four, but this week I've decided to go with Louis Sinistera from Leeds. So six and a half million, 0.3% owned, and they've got Brentford away this week, which I still think that there's opportunities for goals in that game. I don't think um, they're tight defensively where they won't give up opportunities. I think if he's in the right position at the right time, I think there's a chance he could get a couple of goals. So definitely think he's a good pickup for this week, um, definitely for their fixtures. Um, what about you, Damon? Yeah, so I'm going to throw um, throw up uh, Elise this week. I did mention him when I was talking about uh, Palace. Uh, I'll just check up what he is. Uh, where are we? I think he's 5.5. Yeah, so he's 5.5. Um, hasn't had any sort of major returns yet, but uh, he is 0.2% owned. So I reckon there should be some sort of uh, bonus if they're less than 1% owned. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the same uh, thing, mate, 0.3. Yeah, yeah. So, so it'll be interesting to see. Oh, look, in all honesty, I think you're going to be ahead of me this week because I've actually, um, if I was going to pick one before, you probably would have been Sinisera this week. So, uh, yeah, so we'll... Um, Oh, for the for the argument of being different, I will go Elise this week. Mate, you you can't steal my pick from two weeks ago and you didn't even know his name and now you're all, yeah, all, all aboard. But not only did I not know his name, I didn't know he existed. Like just um, I, I think it was I think it was Sinister and I think there was a goalkeeper as well that you kept uh, hyping up. Oh, Bazuni uh, from um Southampton. Yeah. Saying I had no idea who he was either, so uh, <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting if those two sort of fire up and it's like, oh, I told you so, but then I can rub in your face that you're five mil and you know good this season. So, hey mate, I'm I'm, I'm slowly going to make my way back up. We'll see how we go. Worst case scenario, you know, just just here for uh here for a laugh. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly my, right. 
<laughs> might get into our players to watch. So it's going to pay me to say, but I'm looking at uh, two West Ham assets in Paqueta and Bowen. Just want to see, obviously, um, if he does take that Lanzini role because that does make him very enticing if he's sitting in that number 10 role. Um, and then, obviously, if West Ham stops shooting the bed and play decent football more than one half, definitely um, show some good value there. And just maybe look at an Isaac from um, Newcastle. I just want to see... Wilson's injury because all they said is he went to the hospital to get a checkup, so they haven't actually said how long he's going to be out for. So um, probably just monitor that situation because I'm not sure whether they're going to go two up front um, or whether they stick with the one up front. So probably just a bit of a watch and see for me. Hopefully get a bit of news this week and um, you know make a sort of I guess a, a better opinion of it for you know next next game week. I think week seven. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, so I can actually confirm, I can tell you 100% now, Paqueta is getting that number 10 role. There's there's no way in hell we've um, recruited Paqueta and he doesn't get that number 10 role. So um, you can sort of nail that one in as soon as uh, he starts uh, starting for, for West Ham. Uh, and I'm the same with you, uh, Paqueta and, and Isaac are my two. Um, Bowen, i uh, not looking at just yet. Uh, and it's a couple of reasons for that. One price point. Um, I think there's uh, what is he seven point four? Nah, he's he's eight point. He's eight point three at the moment. I no, think. he can't be that much. I'm pretty sure he's under eight. Because I'm pretty sure he started at uh, eight. He's, he's, oh, no, he's eight. No, he's eight point two. Oh, sort of hoping that he dropped below that eight point zero. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so- so look for for the for his price, um, and also he hasn't really looked. Look, look he's going to turn. He will turn around. He will star in games, but hasn't looked quite right yet. And I, I think it's again. This is why I was saying being wary about West Ham at the moment. We, I think we're either trying a new whole whole new sort of strategy, ball game, whatever the case may be, till we figure out who our best eleven is. Um, the small and we, steady wins the race strategy. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think Bowen's going to be an asset, and he, there will be a time where a lot of us have him in our sights. But like when you look at, let's just say, as a comparison. If you look at Bowen and then you look at Paqueta, um, and if they're they're both firing, you're going to have Paqueta in your side because he's two mil cheap cheaper. So I don't think you're going to have as many people getting Bowen in this season because of the price point. Yeah, no, definitely. I sort of thought at the start of the season he was priced correctly, just with what he done last season. You know, mm, no, that's at correct. Fair yeah. price point, but obviously how West Ham are. At the moment, he's a bit of a casualty yeah. to how they've been playing. So, and um, before we sort of um, touch on the mailbag and things like that, I will say there is one other player I want to watch, and that is actually for Chelsea, and that's uh, Obama Young, who I think he has officially signed for Chelsea uh, with Alonso going um, to Barcelona. Alonso has gone to Barcelona. I think they've done a swap over because uh, Obama Young was at Barcelona, wasn't he? Yeah, no, um, yeah. So. so he's he has officially signed for Chelsea. So he's definitely one to watch um, because, like, in on his day when he first started at Arsenal, he was good. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's priced at too. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we might get into our mailbag questions. So the first question we have is the Nordic Meat Shield perma-captain status now. Um, I think he's a good captain most weeks, but I still think that you need to do the, you know, look at the matchup, uh, what other premium assets, what matchups they have, because I still think with the involvement and attack, I think there's going to be weeks where you might be left disappointed when he has sort of the 16, 17 touches and doesn't really get a return. So I think he's a good option for most fixtures in the short term, but I still think that they're, you still got to play uh, looking at, I guess, all the, the options available. Like Jesus has proven that, you know, he can bang in a few goals. Um, Salah on his day can do the same. So I think there's still the option of other options, but at the moment it is looking good having Harlan as captain. What about you, Damo? Yeah, I'm just going to say yes, he should be perfect captain for now, given given his form. Until he, until he shows otherwise... Um, there's no other player that can touch him, and, and like, yeah. So, I, I are you just, worried about the involvement at all, or you're happy to hang your hat on a person who'll touch the ball the, maybe sixteen fact, times a game? <laughs> the fact that, and this is what I sort of ha- have harped on in this pod, the fact that he could play forty or so minutes of football and score three goals, and essentially do that back to back, um. Yeah, we haven't seen a player like Harland in a long time. And, um, yes, there may be some blanks in there. But, um, you know, I mean, like, until he shows, uh, until he actually blanks, which he hasn't. Um, well, technically, that Bournemouth match was pretty much a blank five points where mm-hmm. lucky to grab the assist and I think he, what, touched the ball three times. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, if you have a look, uh, uh, let's compare all uh, – I don't want it to take up too long, but if you compare Salah and Haaland at the moment, yeah? So first week, Salah scores 12, Haaland scores 13. Okay, that's like for like. Uh, next week, Haaland blank, uh, sorry, Salah blanks two, uh, Haaland scores five, you're ahead. Week after, Salah scores eight, Haaland scores six. Yeah, you know, much of muchness. Um, then Salah blanked uh, again or scored three. That's where Haaland got 17. Salah gets 10 this week, Harlan gets 17. So you, you're clearly in front of Harlan at the moment. So I don't know, like uh, whether I'm I just think it's it. too soon to be going perma-captain every week. I think if the fixtures are good, definitely, but I still think that there's a risk of maybe rotation and obviously minimal if, involvement. Yeah, in the and, and that's, the, that's the thing you have, we have to look at. Like if he starts getting rotated, then yes, you know, you're going to have to look elsewhere. But if you're talking about pure fixtures alone, they've got Villa, Tottenham, Wolves, United, and Southampton next five. I don't yes. see Haaland not scoring goals in at least four of the four and a half of those games. Like, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, yeah, because Champions League does start next week, and I know mm. that um, Haaland was bought in for them to take that next step to get the Champions yeah, but, League. Yeah, but, like, no, no disrespect to people in the oh, – sorry, teams in the Champions League, but he's probably not going to be needed until the later stages. I don't yeah. see Man City not finishing top two or top one in in the group. 
Yeah, no, it's just it's going to be interesting because Pep seems to lure everyone into a false sense of happiness oh, Pep, and yeah. then finds a way to start a front free of like well, Mares, Foden, and Grealish. <laughs> well, have a look at have a look at uh, KDB this week. Like, I think last I think last week we were talking about KDB being one of the only um, players that absolutely like. I think I said it absolutely nailed player never going to be benched and he got benched so yes you're <laughs> right uh, i got pecked last week but then again i didn't bring kdb in um <laughs> yeah no nah, it's it's one of those things where yeah. at the moment for the short term definitely when you're looking at the fixtures um you'd be mad not to go harlan captain mm, mm, you'd be yeah, mad yeah. but i'm also kind of sitting on the side of where just wanting to see a little bit more. See, if he was getting 30 touches, even though that's not a lot of touches, it's still more than 10 to 15 where more opportunities, I guess. Um, obviously, BPS as well. Like, if he didn't get three goals this morning, he got one goal, you know, there's no chance that he gets three BPS because he barely touched the ball. Yeah. But definitely, I, I definitely think it's an interesting conversation. I think it was the same point last season with Salah where – the conversation come out and there was a you know pros and cons to it but yeah definitely think short term as you as you said you know barely any involvement but still banging 17 points in a game it's definitely what you want from your captain mm. i might go to our next question which was do you fancy Bournemouth to get the new manager bounce for the upcoming fixtures um I saw it a little bit more from Bournemouth, but it was against Wolves, so it's not like they were playing a side that, you know, constantly was attacking. They were kind of, yeah, probably probably a good uh, side for Bournemouth to face after getting absolutely dismantled last week. So I think there might, there could be a new manager bounce, but I just want to see a bit more before I sort of start considering any of their options. I think the only decent option for them is uh, Tavernier and then probably Solenke. But, yeah, definitely at the moment, I, I yeah, just could not go anywhere near them at the moment. What about you, Demo? No, not for mine. Not for mine at all. Um, I can't I can't see myself going anywhere near them there. Um, yeah, as I sort of said, uh, I think a couple of pods ago, they're the, they're the Norwich of this season. So... Um, and they don't really have a uh, Kenny McLean in their side this season. So, <laughs> nah, go, go, going nowhere near them. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, definitely no Kenny McLean this season for them. <laughs> we might get into our next question, which is a um, question about Salah. So surely Salah can't keep up his lucky assists and points, annoying that he's playing terrible and picking up points just because some people have got him out. Um, is it time for the majority of players to look to upgrade him and benefit from the extra money? Um, it's a tough one because I feel like he's just been a casualty of how Liverpool have played. I don't think he's necessarily playing bad. I just think it's just the situation he finds himself in. They're just not looking for an attack. I think they're actually missing Thiago in the centre of the park there because his passing ability, you know, he's probably nearly the best in the Prem. Um, and that helps Salah because Salah does like to sort of make those off-the-shoulder runs um, from the defender and, and get in some space behind the defensive line. So I think he's hampered a little bit. But, you know, for me, I'm probably not going to get him out just yet. I've seen enough the last few weeks that he's still getting in good positions, still creating lots of chances. Uh, I think the other week he still had six shots. Um, so he's getting 
the opportunities getting in good positions. So just they just need to click, and I'm hoping with Nunez back uh, that could spark their attack. And I guess they spent all off season on how to maximize Nunez's um, potential, similar to what City's done with Harlan. You know, I could see. Um, you know, their attack looking a lot better. It's probably not going to look the best till Tiago's back, but um, I think that it's going to look a lot better for Nunez. So it's probably a wait and see for me, and next, at least for the next couple of weeks till their fixtures get hard. What about you, Demo? Yeah, I'm too scared to um, dump Salah, to be honest with you. Um, he's just one of these players that the, the, the moment you sell him, he'll come out and score 20 points on you. So... Yeah, it's a it's a bit in the same same boat as sort of TAA uh, with, with with Salah. It's just he's just too it's too risky to sell him. I think uh, so. Yeah, gonna have to. Uh, oh, I'm gonna stick with him. So yeah, See, I, I don't know who you you're selling to. Like Son's not in form. KDB See, got benched. Like who do you sell Salah to? Where you yeah. have that upside. <laughs> See, I don't think if you're going to sell Salah, I don't necessarily think it's to bring in another big gun. So, like, because Kane is, like, he's doing it okay, but he's not great. Um, uh, most, you know, most people now have Haaland. I think the only reason you sell Salah is to downgrade the position and then upgrade everyone else sort of thing. Yeah. So, like, on a potentially on a wild card, you know, uh, if it was last week before the Leeds game, like, people were going Salah down to Rodrigo and then using that six mil to then upgrade, you know, whether it's defence or attack or whatever the case may be, you know, bringing in three uh, strikers, whatever the case may be. So um, I think that's the only... I think that's the only reason you sell Salah. Like, if you're in that sort of position where you need to do something dramatic to your side, uh, but yeah, it, on any given day he can score two or three goals and score twenty points, and then you're like, "Why did I sell him?" <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent, I agree. Uh, we've got one question that's been uh, sent in by Matt Day: uh, What to do with KDB? Um, I think I spoke to Matt earlier. I think that. Just need to bite the bullet, um, get him out, even though there's a good chance that he, he, you know, after getting rested, he comes on the weekend and bangs in two, three goals. I think you're going to be feel less um, disappointed if he does that than you would if you were to stick of KDB, he blanks, and then Harlan gets another double or gets another hat-trick. I just uh, would hate to sit through that again. So I think... Um, if you do have the opportunity, I, just, I think even a minus four, I still think it's worth doing the minus four if you need to get Harlan in. Um, yeah, I just don't think um, we can sit on KDB for any longer. It's just sort of been frustrating. Um, what do you think, Demo? Yeah, so um, again, it's, 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 it's one of those cases where depends on who you have around you. So like if you don't... <sighs> And this is going to sound funny after what I said previously, but if you don't have a seller, you know, KDB Salah is only a mil. Um, and I would prefer Salah over KDB. Um, yeah, if you don't have a Haaland, again, it, it's I think it's team dependent. But if, if you don't have a Haaland or Salah and you have KDB, I think you sell. If yeah. you've got those two players and playing the three-mium, I think, 
you, it's you know it's, it's not an issue about keeping him. I, I, I think ADB is still a really really good player, and he's going to you know score points. Uh, it's just a matter of team balance. So yeah, like yeah. I won't I won't necessarily say sell him because he's a player that can score multiple double digit returns. So uh, I think it's team dependent. Yeah, no, definitely. I fully agree. I think yeah, he's definitely looking at. Uh, sort of getting Harlan back in because he did have him uh, week one and then um, got him out, obviously, um, and then did the same thing as me. We sort of went the the route of getting KDB in and, yeah, haven't, haven't been rewarded and uh, just been punished. So I think, yeah, he's got to the point now where he's thinking maybe just get back on the Harlan train. Um, well, that wraps up our questions for this week. So we might get into our team plan. So... Um, this week I've taken a minus four. I had penciled in a transfer to get Trippier back in after the sort of couple of tough fixtures. So I got him out for double Chelsea, which didn't work out too much. I think I might have got one return from Kuka Raider in the three fixtures I had him for. So, you know, the, I was always penciled in to get Trippier back in for their run. Um, and then obviously with, with KDB being a little bit underwhelming and getting um, rested, I kind of decided to just get him out put Harlan back in, um, and then that gives me Andreas on the bench to give me a bit more depth. Um, so just in case, obviously, rotation risks, I at least have Nico Williams and Andreas on the bench there, so to give me two spots. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, I think I'm rolling this week. I obviously wildcarded last week. I'm fairly happy with the side. Um, I need to see where James sits. I need to see Fafana starts. Uh, before I sort of make any any rash decisions. Uh, Gross still has three good fixtures before Liverpool. Uh, so, yeah, so I think it's just a hold for me uh, for now. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get rid of Perisic the week before he plays Fulham. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it's a wait and see. I'll reassess with two free transfers. I am keen on, you know, if Paqueta starts, um you know, start, starting for West Ham uh, to bring him in and he'll probably be my gross um, replacement. But yeah. I need to find um, uh, 0.2 millions from somewhere. So, uh, yeah, so uh, the only the only player that I not regret selling because obviously it was for team balance, but the only player I'll be, I'll be watching and if he does do well again, which... They're playing Villa, so um, I'm <laughs> I'm fearful that he's going to do. He might even uh, get another attacking return. He's Cancelo, so if um, James is out again and then Cancelo plays well, it's I'm I'm going to be really tempted to um, make that sort of swap. Uh, but I don't want to. I've sort of started this season. Uh, or the start of the season with, I don't want to be taking any unnecessary hits or I don't yeah. want to be uh, necessarily playing the game with emotion. Now, I did make that mistake when I hit my wildcard button. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to necessarily, necessarily be doing that again. So, like oh, even I if think, you just do a minus, minus 12, mate, I don't think it would be Well, if I did a minus... 20, I think I'd still be better off than you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm going to throw barbs in while I can because, like, last season you absolutely obliterated me. So, you know, the, the, the more that you're doing badly and I'm doing well, it's it's going to be like this. I don't have 
the Maguire or Man United barb this season at the moment. So I need something else. So as long as you're doing <laughs> not that great, I'm going to be throwing that barb in. <laughs> no, anything to make you feel happy, mate. I'm a happy, um, happy that you're happy. <laughs> uh, I might talk about our captain. So at the moment I've got it on Salah, but obviously with the Villa fixture, very tempting to go Harlan. Um, I just think Everton, they, I mean, Everton might get up for the fixture because it is the Derby, but they just haven't looked great defensively and they haven't really come up against a side that has a, attacking weapons like Liverpool does. So, you know, I could very, um, I think I, I could very nearly play the captaincy on Salah again this week, just hoping that um, things turn around. But, yeah, probably the smarter option is to target that Villa fixture. What about you, Demo? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a Nordic, the Nordic uh, Terminator for me. Um, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna touch the balls, you know, six times next week and score seven goals. So uh... <laughs> somehow, magically, the ball won't even touch him or go in, and you'll still get So uh, yeah, uh, until uh, as I said to you earlier, uh, until I see anything, something different to to say to say that I'm I'm more than likely going to keep it on him for uh, the the short term anyway. (laughs) Sounds good, mate. Well, we might just before we finish the pod, might do a quick score prediction for the last game of the round. So we've got Manchester United and Leicester tomorrow morning. Um, I think it could finish three one to Manchester United. I think Sancho. Uh, is going to get a return. I think Rashford's going to get a return, and I actually think Ronaldo will come off the bench um, and get a goal. Um, what about you, Demo? What are your predictions, mate? Yeah, see, this is no good because I think you guys are actually decent at the moment, So, uh, <laughs> which is really annoying. Um, I think you guys win 2-0. I think Elanga, uh, is, is that he say? I think he scores... Yeah. Uh, and let's let's just go with uh, with you and Ronaldo comes off the bench and scores as well. So I think two 0 to Man United, um, and you, but you do it sort of comfortably. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, well, that wraps up the pod this week. It's a little bit longer, but we just wanted to make sure we cover everything because we did miss out on the pod this week. So we just sort of thought we'd do a bit more in depth uh, leading into week six. Um, for all of our stuff, head over to FPL Amateur Oz. Um, for all the demo stuff, head over to FPL West Ham. Um, we have a Facebook, um, EPL Fantasy Amateurs of Oz. Um, our, pod be- our, our podcast will be on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. I remember if you do enjoy our content to rate it five stars. Um, also, I have my link tree uh, on my Twitter page, so check out um, – all of our links and all of our socials. Um, we should be doing a watch on this weekend for the Liverpool Everton game. Um, and possibly I'll be jumping on a live deadline stream with Matt Day heading into the first fixture on Saturday, Australian time and Friday, uh, UK time. But, you know, it's been a disappointing week for myself, but, um, definitely, um, one game left in the round and it's Manchester United. So it could be exciting morning for me or it could be even more depressing. So we'll see how it goes, but thanks again, Damo. It's been a uh, wonderful, mate. Ah, uh, thanks very much, man. And, uh, happy FPLing. <laughs>